0: Everybody and welcome to the Cana Rinse Podcast, Volume 9, Issue 439 A hey Boy and His Blob. Joining me, Leon Cox, in Issue 439, are Leah Haydu. Blob. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Rich Davison. Mm. Hugging noise. Yes. And what's he got up his sleeve? Tony Atkins. No, I think that's the in, isn't it? What's the Skaldin? <gasps> Calm down. I
1: don't know. I never did it because I'm not a
0: monster. <laughs> More on those buttons later it's all anyone wants to talk about a boy and his blob is a 2d puzzle platformer with cartoon visuals Uh, it scrolls it's got 40 odd levels and it is a reimagining really more than a remaster certainly not you could call it a remake but it's kind of everything about it is different compared to the original we'll talk a little about the 1989 nes original which uh, rich has spent some time with The Steam blurb for this version that we're mainly talking about, which was 2009 originally, goes, A boy and his blob makes a triumphant return. A reimagining, there we go, of the NES classic, as the boy, you feed your blob jelly beans and watch him transform into cool and useful objects to solve puzzles and escape danger. With its robust and emotionally driven story, challenging puzzles and visually impressive art style, A Boy and His Blob is sure to become a classic once again. Did it? I don't know about that. Anyway, this was put together by WayForward Technologies, who we know from things like the Shantae games uh, and River City Girls uh, and Contra Four on the DS, and the Mighty Flip Champs and Mighty Switch Force games, Blood Rain Betrayal, Ducktales remastered, loads and loads of modern, contemporary 2D stuff. They've been around since the 90s and uh, have really kind of. Cemented themselves as one of the studios for making two D cartoony looking games. I would say in the modern era, and I think it was uh, was it some people from Way Forward who formed Yacht Club, split off to form Yacht Club and make the sh- made the Shovel Night games. I I think that's right off the top of my head. The HD versions uh, and mobile ports for the more recent systems were handled by Abstraction Games, and Majesco was the publisher. Sean Velasco is the director of the game. Yeah, he is uh, a director of uh, things like Double Dragon Neon, which we covered before, and Mighty Switch Force 2 and that uh, Blood Rain Betrayal, some of WayForward's kind of well-known titles. The game originally came out in America as it's a US game on the 14th of October 2009. That's 11 years ago, almost exactly. Mm. And in the EU, we had to wait until the 6th of November 2009. The PC, Mac, PS4, Xbox One, Vita and PS3 versions all came out in January 2016. That's very late for a PS3 game. alex 79 UK. We usually hear from Alex from the forum says, I started this on Vita. It's impressive. I've never played the original and I like the ideas as a puzzle platformer. It works really well and I love the visual style. I think after a couple of hours play, the closest thing I could compare it to other than the NES game, of course, is an indie game from a few years back called The Swapper. If I had to pick between the two, though, I think the swapper was much more interesting and required a lot more thought and was therefore ultimately more rewarding. But a boy in his blob does what it does very well indeed. The Android and iOS versions came out in September and November 2017, respectively. Much more recent. The original Wii version, which was on a disc, wasn't even a downloadable game. You actually bought it in a shop (laughs) retail wise as I did at the time, reviewed really, really well with over 40 outlets reviewing it, magazines and websites. It got uh, an average critique score of 82%, which is really healthy. When it came out again on those other systems I just mentioned, PS4, Xbox One, PC, etc., really didn't get any t- attention at all. Only five outlets reviewed it that I could find. And those five outlets weren't really very impressed with it at all, averaging 63%. What happened? in the seven years in between the two releases it's interesting just contextually how these things go down sometimes or was it all about the wii remote controls being able to point at the screen and throw your jelly bean i don't think so no (laughs) probably not (laughs) no probably not (laughs) awards wise ace games whoever they are gave it best puzzle game of 2009 game shark gave Best Art Direction of 2009. IGN gave it Best Wii Puzzle Game, both editors' and readers' choice. And Nintendo Power gave it Best Retro Revival in 2009. As you'd expect, the later versions didn't win any awards. User reviews, again, Nintendo, over there, they really like it. Well, 13 of them do, 8.5 out of 10 from punters on Nintendo Life. On Steam... I would say still more positive than the critical reception with a very positive rating from the punters. I know there are at least two higher than that, maybe more on, on the Steam user reviews, but still very positive. I mean, that's very positive yeah. <laughs> uh, sales wise. Well, VG charts says uh, that it sold in total about two hundred and ten thousand copies around the world. Uh, none in Japan. So I'm not even sure it got a Japanese release. So, yeah, our histories with the boy and his blob. We must start with he who nominated this game for volume nine of the podcast. Rich?
2: Yeah, so I would have been there day one in 2009, uh, the halcyon days when I had money and didn't have children and could therefore spend my time and money on things that I could indulge myself in. And it was a, a really interesting time for um, Nintendo remakes, I think around the time we had the likes sort of the, the Punch-Out remake. And I was really trying to, to get into that. And that's probably by and large uh, to do with this sort of mass consumption of like Americanized videos pre-YouTube. So um, certain websites like game trailers, that would really focus quite heavily on, on nostalgia for, for Nintendo games. And that certainly resonated for me. Uh, my childhood was kind of similar to like a, a typical American childhood for NES games because I had an NES and I didn't have any of the, right. the Sega consoles until much later. So it was something that I was really looking forward to. I did have a copy of um, A Boy and His Bob, the the 1989 game, albeit one that's probably in my father's attic at this point in time. I don't really have that much memory of it, but I was certainly attracted to to the way it was put forward and really excited to get there.
0: Excellent. And uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the NES original, although it's not the game that we've officially put ourselves through uh, because well it's an interesting one put it that way but uh leah i know you love the blob we know that you've already called people monsters for scolding the blob i have
1: yes But uh, very <laughs> how true far,
0: how, how long's your relationship with the the blob been going
1: so i uh was actually working at gamestop when the Wii version of uh, a boy in this blob came out so i picked it up pretty early uh i Didn't really play the NES game at the time, although I have, um, poked at it a little bit. Uh, in the in the uh, interim, um, but I did play a significant amount of the DS sequel to the, or I'm sorry, not the DS, the Game Boy sequel to yeah, yeah. Uh, to the NES original, which was um, the Rescue of Princess Blobette. Uh, I <laughs> didn't really have any kind of history with the series when I got that game. Uh, I just I had a Game Boy and I had a lot of time to play it because i was you know eight or whatever uh so i put a lot of time into that and then picked up the wii version pretty early as i say um and uh and played that uh back in 2009 really liked it i i'm i mean there's a hug button how can you not
0: (laughs) it's it's just very sweet it's what they invented the d-pad for
1: exactly that's that's the only reason um so, yeah, a uh, little bit of, of experience with uh, the NES version, but mostly the Game Boy sequel and the, uh, yeah. the Wii version. Ah, awesome.
0: Tony, how about you? You just played it for the show or do you go back further with the boy his blob i'm still getting over the game boy total the
3: rescue of the princess blobette that is <laughs> oh, yeah. after playing it i now hooked i want to i need to um, <laughs> actually well no i so i wasn't there for the NES um version but actually i was fully aware of this game um before it got suggested for the show uh the reason being i've had a copy of the wii version on my shelf for the best part of however many years the wii version has been out <laughs> 11 years <laughs> 11 yeah. years and it sat there looking at me, saying, You should play me one day and of course, like many other things, it just got pushed to the very back and, and that's where it sat. But I've seen the spine of that that game for many years. Yeah. So, um, out of convenience sake, I thought, well actually I know there's an Xbox version that was released in the store, so it might just be easier than digging out my Wii to, to go with that. So I went to look in the store to see whether um how much it was and apparently I owned mm. it. So <laughs> What? That was one of those fair, <laughs> yeah. brilliant things. Of Apparently, I really want to play this game one day because I've brought it twice and have yet
0: to crack open. I think it has been reduced to kind of Probably. silly pocket yeah. money prices on, on the Xbox store and, and other places. So, so. Um,
3: yeah, well, lo and behold, it was suggested for the show. And so what better time than finally after 11 years actually going right. <laughs> let's sit down and play this yes. game and played this game I did in fact I finished it right
0: before the recording so this is a very fresh take because it's a little longer than I was expecting <laughs> same here very similar story I bought it on the Wii I think day one certainly very close to it I saw some screenshots uh, and i thought that looks like a cartoon it has a hug button you probably said to yourself <laughs> <laughs> it has a hug button it's mentioned in all the reviews i did i did know of the original but i'd never played david crane's original we'll talk more about that in the in a minute but i remember it coming out i remember it being reviewed in the multi format console magazines of the time and thinking it looked interesting but uh never had an nes so never played it, uh, bought this because yeah, basically cause it looked really sweet and it got great reviews. And then I looked at the spine sitting on my shelf <laughs> for a decade, uh, or at least I would say seven years until the PC version came out. And I actually just, I sold my Wii copy cause I knew I could, I think this was, I, I think it was like six pounds in a steam sale for the, for the PC version. And I could sell my Wii boxed, original for about 20 quid. So it was a simple kind of mercenary maneuver. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't have a heart, but actually that, that Wii version is a 480i game or 480p and The PC version and the modern versions aren't exactly super high res because I think they still had to kind of just upscale the assets that had been drawn. So you can definitely, they don't really look uh, like super high res, even if you're running the PC version in, in 1080 as I was. But it still looks a little bit crisper than the Wii original, not always for it's not always actually preferable in some ways. I think maybe a CRT would be the best it's, way to play this.
3: It's you, funny you say that, that all those included in graphics. That is true, though, because I've been playing this game both on 4K and 1080p on two different sets yeah. of consoles. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a sec, because it was really odd. But the 4K one, mm. they really are stretching stretching it there is some you know you can start seeing some fairly sizable pixels everywhere yeah uh, where on yeah. the 1080p version it actually looks a hell of a lot crisper and better sure and I'd say that okay. the reason why this was i randomly i could not get um boy's blob to run on one of my xboxes my normal one of my normal xbox mm. s's uh just would not load the game it just freeze at the start screen apparently it's a well-known problem but one of my daughter's oh. consoles you know different xbox s work perfectly fine so really yeah. odd
0: i hope you introduce them to the hug button uh,
3: the real yes. life hug
0: button <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they watch me play it and they can see daddy getting angry so i'm, I'm not too sure yeah <laughs> sometimes the to. hug button
0: seems ironic in this game for sure uh, but yes yeah, so i also uh, underestimated the amount of time it takes to complete this game as much as how long to beat is a fantastic resource we have recently questioned a few times the the sort mm-hmm. of the how the, the the maths work on that or in that if not many people are completing the game and they they they're already big fans of the game mm-hmm. and they're logging yeah. these unrealistic times it it's actually can be a bit misleading so like tony i ended up finishing this pretty much an hour before recording or an hour and a half uh, uh there's also a couple of extra levels at the end and a and a final final boss and um yes so and i didn't collect all the chests and etc etc but none of that stuff's actually essential or mandatory but here we are I'm glad to have finally completed it so yeah David Crane is a bit of a legend throughout the 80s from Dragster on the 2600 uh, through things like Kaboom and Pitfall and Pitfall 2 of course the Activision Decathlon Ghostbusters and Little Computer People this guy was uh, the man behind some of of the 80s kind of most legendary and influential games a boy in his blob Trouble on Blobolonia, as, uh, as the original had its full title, I would say came quite late in his uh, sort of uh, illustrious career in, in that sense and probably didn't make quite as much of an impact. But I think it's gone down as a kind of a legendary cult classic. Apparently it was coded in a ridiculously short space of time, almost entirely by himself. And he kind of had to rush it in the end to get, get it ready for this uh, particular CES uh, expo. It won the game of the show and people are interested in it. People are still playing it to this get day because Rich shared this amazing <laughs> video. It is broken. This game is completely broken. You can totally glitch it uh, and complete it in two minutes or less if you know your way around. Uh, but even without that, it's a really weird game. Like for all the cutesiness that we're going to talk about and the. The cartoon looking, you know, softness of, of the, the version, the, the, the way forward version. Rich, I know you've been back to this for the show. A Boy in His Blob Trouble on Blobalonia is weird.
2: It is. You know, if somebody came to me and said, This game is, is made in response to some kind of American Dental Association coming together <laughs> and trying to put some kind of advertising campaign forward for the benefits of healthy uh nutrition uh i don't know taking uh, vitamins and uh espousing the the i don't know the the problems with too much consumption of sweets and such then i would perfectly agree with it because it's a game yeah. that is about uh the emperor of blabonia who is uh capturing the subjects of blabonia and forcing them to eat chocolate and marshmallows and it's about blob who somehow <laughs> makes an escape to earth he finds the boy and they have to Find their way back to Blabonia and defeat the the emperor. I think end end this game is about thirty minutes, and it's just crazy throughout. It's really good, though. So, what is it? It's it's a game of two halves. Really, the first half is a sort of collectathon. You need to try and negotiate Earth. So, you start off on the street level. You make your way down to the subway, which is an interesting excursion for a six-year-old boy and his blob. Mm. And then you enter a very complicated network of tunnels in an effort to try and find treasure. That you just then—it's
0: an eighties game, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <just about. laughs>
2: yeah. You then got to exchange that treasure for for nutrients, which you then use to uh, defeat the the emperor, which is great. I had prepared, None of that
0: happens in the remake. It's yeah, sad.
2: yeah. I prepared this this really lengthy, uh, almost film paper of how uh, a boy in his blob was akin to Spec Ops: The Line because all you really seem to do is descend into the depths, but it isn't quite the case. What do you do? You go down there, you collect sewer blob beans and then you use or the poo, as we... root beer bean yeah use the root oh, okay. beer bean to blast off to Blobonia where you must then yeah, yeah, enter yeah. the second part of the game which is more like a sort of puzzle platformer uh, you've got to negotiate through a few levels make your way into the palace and then uh, tip the nutrients all over the, the emperor who looks like Jabba the Hutt it, it really and, and, and crazily so yeah. <laughs> it, it just feels like a, like a passion project you know we talk about how uh, David Crane developed this game within like a, a really small matter of weeks maybe maybe six few weeks, weeks or so. yeah. Yeah. I think it's just that there's a purity of his ideas that sort of shines through probably some crazy work rounds that maybe humoured him as he was doing it.
0: And I do just miss, miss that eighties freewheeling nut. So just put whatever you want in a game because anything can be a video game. There's no focus testing. There's no marketing, you know, kind of, I mean, there's not none, but it's, it's far more the, the industry in terms of what you could put out as a mainstream release was far less, risk averse i mean they didn't know what kind of you know even this was post the video game crash they were still like willing to make these insane experiments this game as well as having Jabba the Hutt as the emboss it also pretty much lifts the indiana jones music uh fanfare at the start and the font
2: well okay so it is the opening riff of um indiana jones but i would also put to any uh british member of the audience that it's also the exact same theme as 90s terrible tv show You've been framed. I think it's, oh, it's right there as well. Brilliant. <laughs> so he's got wow. a, an eclectic taste, does not he?
0: Could I say that as cute as the blob is in A Boy and His Blob 2009, the blob in the NES original Terrifying. is kind of... Hideous, hideous, yeah. Well, <laughs> She's got is, there, a-
1: is there a hug button? That's that's really what I... You wouldn't
0: want to hug this thing. It uh, would probably devour
1: your soul. I, but what I'm saying is that if you actually hugged the blob, maybe you would uh, have a uh, heavier connection to it. That's just a theory.
2: <laughs> it is nature's panacea, I'm sure, and it certainly works in, <laughs> in the sequel. But as Leon mentions, I think it would probably be profoundly disturbing trying to hug this, this creature.
0: And the kid we'll talk about the animation of the kid in in the remake but in in the first game he's again it's this kind of he doesn't really look like a six-year-old in the same way does he he's this kind of weird leggy bouncy hunchbacked
2: strange inertia yeah the the, the animation's slick you know that goes without saying it's just that there's a a strange movement about he seems to lurch around there and it's um like, it feels like all the animation went on Blob, and, and let's kind of give credit where it's due. The the actual animation when you feed Blob any of the beans in, in the NES game is, is wonderful.
0: And did you manage to beat it? In legitimately, like, you were planning to. Oh, and, uh...
2: Yeah, I gave it my best shot. So I was emulating it despite owning the uh, the cart, albeit sure. one that I can't play. And I got myself into an unwinnable state at the end of the game where I'd ran out of uh, <laughs> I
0: vitamins. remember reading about that at the time. So you can... Obviously, in the remake, you've got infinite beans yeah. of all kinds, uh, and it only gives you the kinds of beans that you need. But in the original, because it was the 80s and possibly because the game was coded in six weeks, you can paint yourself into a beanless corner.
2: You certainly can. Yeah. And that's what I found myself doing. But I think the the thing that's worth mentioning is this game end end when you know what you're doing is about. Twenty-five minutes long, so to go back there, yeah. recover some more treasure, and then exchange it for the the all important vitamins really doesn't take too long at all. And um, yeah, I did complete it. I saw the end credits, albeit uh, I did have to go <laughs> and um, maybe once or twice uh, save scum. But I feel like that's that's fair for, for oh. a game that's NES hard,
0: any nineteen eighty nine NES game. Yeah. The
2: last <laughs> thing I expected to do was
3: come on the show and uh, be fascinated by the the uh, history of well the the story or the extended uh, fiction of Blob. I, I just didn't know it existed, and I'm now excited. I want to go back. Did and, you not? No, n- not in this way.
2: <laughs> there is actually a wow. little bit more, like, two Blob in, in the NES game. So, for example, he's got a name. His name is Blobbert as opposed to just simply blob. And I think they've really tried to sort of it. give him an identity.
3: <laughs> oh, if I'd known that before, that would have been brilliant. I would have used that the
0: entire game. Apparently it was only jelly beans for no apparent reason, just because they were small things that he could fling, you you could fling at a character. But also another aspect, of course, be, being ancient games design and whatever else, uh there are the 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 beans have flavors like beans do, whereas in the in the remake they 're just colors mm. you don 't never even learn what which I think is kind of a shame because I know you can look at a red one and think okay that's strawberry or whatever, but it 's something descriptive, but they to make to help me remember and i 'm sure there was a manual with this game as well uh so it 's stuff like they 'll be alliterative with the flavor, so to turn blob into an umbrella, you give it a vanilla. But a jelly bean, because it sounds a bit like umbrella and and so on and so forth. Is there any more to that,
2: Rich? There's a hell of a lot. So we've got ketchup, which is to catch up. You would throw it on the floor and it would bring blob to you. You've got punch. Ketchup, jelly bean. Yeah, indeed. Punch, which punches a hole in the floor that you can fall Mm. through. Coconut, which turns blob into a a coconut-shaped ball. I mean, that one's really kind of tenuous, but there we go. (laughs) Uh, The cola, which is the bubblegum. Sorry, cola, which is the bubble, uh, which engulfs you in, in a nice bubble, so you can breathe underwater, and Applejack, which is the the jack, which makes its way under the the um, reimagining from two thousand and nine. I mean, the rest of them yeah. really aren't worth worth mentioning.
0: Okay, sure. Well, that's all very good to know. But there was also so that game came out in nineteen eighty nine originally, and nineteen ninety elsewhere, and then in nineteen ninety. Uh, in japan but 91 in uh america and then the eu was the rescue of princess blobette also designed by david crane for the game boy and leah you had this as a youngster
1: i did uh i i had it and uh it from what i can tell it really did kind of well obviously it it was closer to the nes original than it was to uh to kind of anything else but uh so you you also have limited beans uh, and they I, mm-hmm. I don't know if all of them are exactly the same, uh, but they will actually tell you what they do. Um, so when you uh, select the bean, it kind of, as I recall, it kind of flicks back and forth between this is what it is and this is what it does. Um, so it'll tell you, you know, you have 30 licorice jelly beans and then it'll say, you know, licorice equals ladder because that's it. You, you kind of have to keep track a little bit more so because, you know, you can't, you can't really have differing colors of the, you can have green, <laughs> you can have slightly darker green, you can green, have green, gray. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, a little bit more difficult to keep track of which beans do what. It worked pretty well from what I, from what I recall. I don't. I think that I finished it when I when I was uh, when I was smaller. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I it was one of those you know you run around with uh, this cute little blob turning it into things, and that 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 was the appeal of it for me at the time.
2: No hug button though.
1: No hug button. Still no hug button. I, I think to-
2: it, so- it's worth calling out that. So I watched a video of this, and there is some actual improvements between the NES game and the Game Boy game, um, and and some what I would consider to be detractors. So in the NES game, you, you can't just throw a bean. Um, you need to be next to Blob or within a certain proximity to Blob and it'll land sort of neatly in his mouth. In the Game Boy game, however, Blob will kind of maneuver himself into position to take that. I really considered downloading an emulator to play this game. And the, the one reason I didn't do it is because it does the Metroid 2 style. You need to collect X amount of arbitrary things before you can actually uh-huh. complete this game. And they are hidden in some of the most oblique places. And I was like, yeah i'll I'll stick to to watching a <laughs> video of this. thanks very much.
1: I wonder if I would uh I, I have actually located an emulator version. I have been trying to locate a uh, a hard copy, but apparently it's relatively rare, yeah, so uh, i uh, i'll 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 keep in, keeping an eye out, but I don't know. I mean it, it seems like the kind of thing uh hearing you describe it, Rich is like i I probably liked it because you know I was 10 or or so and I had a lot of free time to just pound away at uh at the uh bits of the game that might not be as intuitive as uh, as perhaps the uh the NES and or the
0: Wii version would be. Sean Velasco did talk about the possibility of following up the Wii game with a princess Blobette. Follow-up, he said, uh, oh man, we have such awesome ideas for her, but I guess maybe it didn't sell A Boy in His Blob enough for them to justify that. But Majesco do own the rights to both games. Also, fun fact, Jalico released The uh, the Rescue of Princess Blobette in Japan under the title Fushigi na Blobby, Princess Blob Osuke, <laughs> which translates to Mysterious Blobby, Rescue Princess Blob. Amazing.
1: I will say that from what I can remember, uh, the... It, it, she kind of comes from the pac-man school of uh, of female characters where it's just yeah. blob she's got a bow so isn't
0: that how gender works uh, i mean more
1: I, or less yeah
0: <laughs> that's the that's the really reductive <laughs> version for humanity um the cancelled game uh yes there was one ds version majesco before they gave it to way forward i'm not sure who was in development chair but uh, there is a mock-up of the cover art, which I think looks absolutely horrible. Uh, does Yeah, doesn't say who it's by, uh, but yeah, 2007, but canned. So instead, we got the way forward version that we're going to talk about. And here we go. The scenario is broadly similar to the original. When Blob-Alonia is threatened by an evil emperor, the Blob comes to Earth looking for help. Instead, harsh, he finds a young boy help the Blob dethrone the evil emperor, by first dropping a rock on its head and then smashing in the face with a (laughs) neck suit. It doesn't say that here. Spoilers. I didn't give the spoiler warning, did I? I'm going to say people probably (laughs) aren't that fussed. That's terrorizing Blobalonia and establish a friendship with the Blob that will last a lifetime. About that. It, It wants to be E.T., but as cute as the visuals are, I couldn't. I didn't, it's, it hardly rose to the heights of the scene where E.T. leaves Elliot behind at the end of uh, of the extraterrestrial film. For me, did anyone, did anyone get, uh, it's got a hug button. Okay. I, I don't know how many times we can say this, <laughs> but that it was, wasn't the, me this that time. was <laughs> but that was, that was the depth of my relationship with this game. Um, I get, you know, the, this sort of blends into the talk about the visuals as well. Obviously the kid, you know, is endearing uh, maybe more if you like children but um he's like a stumbling 6-year-old kid he's not particularly adept and so you have a sort of even somebody with as as, as l- lacking a paternal mindset as me still has this kind of vaguely protective sense towards somebody that takes one hit to kill and um and isn't massively kind of agile and whatever but i certainly despite all that you know finding the basic look of the two main characters endearing I didn't get the kind of sentiment from it that I think maybe the developers wanted me to.
2: Yeah, I think it's probably quite an intentional. So, uh, I guess yesterday I, I posted on the Slack some of the promotional artwork or some of the concept art mm. and the, the sort of store study guides that the, the devs kind of kindly included in the game. And they mentioned that he's deliberately not meant to be athletic or have uh, coordination and reflexes of uh, like a fully coherent, fully capable adult and blob, mm. uh, sorry, the boys sort of really minimal jump reflects that. Yeah. There's a there's a nice quote in there about how they wanted him to be incredibly stoic because he's he's young and can't necessarily express emotion. But as the journey goes along, he starts to develop a, the means to communicate with Blob and show a connection that isn't there. And there's a quote there that says, "No Dakota Fanning or Haley Joel Osmond acting because it would <laughs> apparently show too deep of emotions, which would struggle to sell the the boy's innocence."
3: Yeah, but then on the other hand, you end up not having any real. Well, for me, I felt like I didn't really have too much connection to the story. Um, visuals may be slightly differently, but the actual story, I kind of just happened in the background. Bosses happened. And yeah, it felt like I was on an adventure for as much as it was worth. But yeah, there was definitely like like Leon said, there was there was no kind of overarching E.T. moment or anything. Like, oh, he's gone back to space. Oh, I'm sad. It was like, well, glad you got home. Bye. <laughs> glad, that, glad that's finished. Yeah, no, not quite. But it, yeah, there was <laughs> be it with be the way that it's visually represented, or even just the way that you know the lack of story or lack of any text, any you know, or help in the game whatsoever to start off with. You know, I do, I do like that when. When it, the game just goes, look, fine, here's a basic concept. You can work out what each one of these things do, and off you go. But it, it also keeps the player at arm's length on occasion. And, and you do. I think you do need a bit more character in your character if you're going to go fully down that kind of minimus approach. And I just Yeah, I, I wasn't drawn into the story as, as bare bones as it was. In fact, I was more engaged by the story told by the other games, because <laughs> that sounded great.
1: I think that it picks up more for me when you... Uh, actually get off of Earth and you start seeing the other blobs. That's, that's, I, I agree that maybe in the beginning of the game, it's not as, um, it's not as upfront about its story as, as some people might want. It, it's just kind of a, hey, look, there's, uh, this cute blob and this, and this kid and they're gonna ha- go have adventures together. Mm-hmm. But then when you, when you kind of start seeing, I, I, I think that that part is actually pretty well told just by, where you go and the uh the kind of side characters that you meet along the way. But yeah, I, I think that it takes a little while to get there. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because you are building up the the little bit of a relationship with the uh with the the pair that you are gonna spend most of the game with and, you know, getting together your uh mechanics and all of that. So um yeah, I, I I guess what I'm saying here is that the story is there, and I think that it is effective, or at least it was for me. Uh, once once you kind of get a little bit more of the background through the uh, the context clues that you get in the environment.
2: There's something to be said about the way in which you play this game as well. So I know Tony and Leona have, have talked about how their end game time came in at 17 hours to do the the main quests and then the 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 obvious like two ending quests to close the story, but I actually did the full gamut of, of of work there. So it probably meant going through each level around about three times. So my overall mm. time to get all the trophies is probably about closer to 45 hours. And the way in which you engage with Blob when you're doing it like that turns the boy from this really endearing six-year-old into the most obnoxious brat ever because you are constantly <laughs> screaming for Blob and scalding him to try and mm-hmm. get him to do what you need him to do. A little bit more... I don't know, animation more kind of thought at the end of each level probably might have helped to sort of make that relationship between the boy and uh, Blobbert a little bit more sincere.
3: (laughs) I guess, though, for me, I'm I'm wondering how much... Because the game works perfectly fine. I mean, it's a puzzle game at its very core, and the story is there to kind of push you along and go through the puzzles. I just never felt like they kind of doubled down on too much of the arc. It felt like, you know, the story was there just to hold stuff together, but not necessarily to... I don't know, entice the player to play along and see how it all pans out. Like the puzzles for me were doing a good enough job for that, that that the story could just sit in the background, kind of be there, and not, I guess, outstay its welcome, but just be there. Though I had very little connection to
0: it other than, okay, I'm in a new area. This is what it's selling, kind of. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they were obviously going for something a bit different to the original, which, as I say, is kind of a bit wacky and a bit freaky, whereas this is clearly going for a, it looks like a... A, a, at least a tv if not a kind of cinematic mm. animation you could imagine it being a a wordless cartoon or near wordless with uh you know an, a for a children's show or something like that with uh with you know decent production values but obviously it would be more about the touching moments between the two and the adventures they get up to rather than the yeah just throwing beans and shouting at each other <laughs> <laughs> um uh and and dying over and over again which is uh something that happens quite a lot uh, unless you really know your way around
2: just one perspective the- that i think is, mm-hmm. is is worth taking is something that i was thinking about today like i, I didn't mention this in, in my introduction but I, I quite like games that are like indirectly in control of one thing so i like uh sleepwalker on the um on the, yes. the mega drive and this is
0: one of the the touchstones for me when thinking about even though yeah i mean maybe sleepwalker might have been influenced by the original in some ways, right, but never yeah, yeah. bit of a
2: stretch possibly, but yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, Alex 79 you know, UK mentioned the, the swapper at the same time. Like mm. what, a what I'm, uh, this sounds like I'm being an apologist for a boy in his blob a <laughs> position that I never thought anybody would ever really want to take. But like, I, I think about like six year old boys. So I have an eight year old boy and six year olds, like, you know, the, the, they don't have the the kind of emotional intelligence to be able to, emote a great deal and then obviously you've got Blob who has no means to communicate beyond swallowing and, and creating a formation and and becoming something that is, is utilitarian there's <laughs> almost like a a kind of back and forth about who's leading who. And I find that to be quite endearing, the idea that mm. they, they kind of interchange between who's protecting one another. And I think that serves uh, like quite a nice way. I don't know if I'm, I'm kind of bridging to here <laughs> no, that doesn't necessarily it, exist.
3: It's funny you say that, but there is there is moments within the animation that actually do convey that. So for me, the one that really conveys that is when he turns into a parachute. There's just something about the way that that kind of sprawls out and you've got his eyes kind of on the parachute and it's like slowly just letting him down. There's almost a story to be told in that kind of one little capture scene and that happens on occasions with different types of blobs. But I always found every time I used a parachute, like, ah, oh,
0: that's cute. Like, you can see his arms and legs. Dangle like kind of dangling. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's nice the way he just turns into a sheet and he packs him into his yeah. backpack and so on. But it, there's there are... And, then, and again, I know one shouldn't sort of apply real world logic to these situations, but I I do wonder about in terms of actually a more free form puzzle game that had more solutions where you could at least. And I, I realized this would have made the, the, the job of designing the levels and the puzzles very different to make them still challenging but some you're basically you're given a loadout of jelly beans before each level that are exactly the ones you need to solve that level which is definitely to me preferable <laughs> to being yeah, yeah. able to start a level <laughs> that with the beans that won't let you complete the game like you know probably would have happened back in the day but i do wonder if there was a more a possible a more sophisticated game possible that I allowed multiple solutions with multiple loadouts of jelly beans if you see what i mean that's a bit of a leap from characterization but um, but it sort of felt right i guess
3: that's interesting because i don't well there, there must be a set route way of doing certain stuff but i wonder i felt my on myself on occasion's feeling like i did ad hoc a few scenes that yeah, i wasn't I agree quite, i agree. Like, yeah. i thought is this the way like i could pr- once i've done completed a little challenge i'm like oh maybe i should have just done that like at times you have to press switches which open certain areas which makes sense there's definitely a few times i've put something on somebody and move that or i could have just bounced across yeah. it on my thing i was like oh, there's a bit more kind of variation
0: yeah i agree i think that there's just enough uh, in certain particular individual puzzles and moments where yeah I I had exactly the same feeling as you like it was it was supposed to be you or the blob that stood on a pressure plate but you ended up luring an enemy towards <laughs> it or you set off a chain reaction of explosions that knocked a block down that you were actually supposed to push down or you know that kind of little thing just to make it because a lot of the sequences are just stand in exactly the right place drop the bean in exactly the right place make blob into exactly the right thing and progress the boss fights are certainly like that and we'll come back to those
1: for me there was enough overlap in some of the uh the, the functions of the different uh beans the different things that the blob could transform into um right. that it it did keep it feeling to me like you did have a little bit to figure out mm-hmm. and and that was certainly not always the case in every puzzle or every level or anything but uh, but kind yeah. of like you were saying leon it 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 there were enough times where, like, I could either um, turn the blob into an anvil or I could turn him into that <laughs> horrifying clone thing that I still really <laughs> have some issues with. I think like I sold marshmallow oof, boy. I don't like that at all. But uh, but, you know, you could use that for uh, some similar things, you know, and I, I yeah, I, that that actually did work for me pretty well.
2: In the the main story, obviously, the you know, I reciprocate everything that's been said here and there's a couple of instances where, you know, a ladder or a trampoline will ostensibly do the same thing. Right. I think yeah. what they probably, it's probably quite speculative, but I think what they try to do is instead of going for versatility, if you look at the, um, and we might get into this during the gameplay, the The challenge missions, which is what you would unlock if you collect three uh treasure chests per level, what they've probably done is is thought hey let's sweat the asset a little bit more and try and make things very acutely challenging and and make it a the perfect expression of how to use these two uh bean varieties in 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 a specific way as opposed to let's kind of open up the the kind of freedom that's there
0: yeah, that makes sense well we're still on. Uh, still thinking about characterisation before we move fully into gameplay. Uh, I think we do need to talk about the audio. I suppose the speech first. Uh, the boy has uh, a child's voice. I did actually catch the name of the children.
2: Um, now adults, presumably. It is the, enough. the director's or the lead designer's children.
0: Oh Right which makes which makes sense which also uh yeah the animation i think we, uh, we covered the original prince of persia just recently which famously had jordan mechner's little brother rotoscoped but in this case it was more of an observance and uh, uh, uh an artistic uh interpretation of a child if i may uh, can i just say there's, there's like a beautiful
2: Please. sort of clip that you can unlock if you have the uh, desire to go and do the challenge missions where it's Clearly, home video of um, the character oh, animator right. or uh, the the lead designer filming his children as a frame of reference, and oh, in order okay. to capture the wow. the kind of um, squishiness of blob, it's a video of his son hugging a sleeping bag that's been rolled up. Oh,
0: that's really good. So, yeah, that's interesting. Again, total synchronicity between this and the recent Prince of Persia podcast. Without any thought went into that whatsoever. But yes, yeah, so the 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 boy has a the voice of a young child um mainly saying blob in different kind of different levels of urgency but never um the child is never terrified i don't think or uh even though it you know it kind of sort of apparently drops dead when you hit spikes or get exploded or whatever obviously there's no gore or anything like that uh there's just a there's just a, fade a to black. dramatic a dramatic sting and fade to black yeah they could have again, for if they'd wanted to go down the more obviously, as you said, by design no 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 l fanning or was it Dakota fanning one of the one of the fannings uh, or or Haley Joe Osmond kind of child actor histrionics they didn't want, but they could have you know maybe they could have made in the same way that Nintendo made Luigi scared in Luigi's mansion, they could have had the kid being a bit more kind of nervous of his surroundings or something like that, but I guess again maybe it's 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 what you were saying about the kid being. Uh, almost too young to know what's scary and what's dangerous. Which is, in and
2: of itself, an incredibly chilling thought as the parent of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of young children, and I'm sure. Just
0: off, go off to space and go into an a factory. Yeah, just get yourself factory. into a subway. Go
2: on then, <laughs> off you go. Yeah.
1: Fine, oh, just, when you get the jelly beans, just uh, eat them right away. <laughs> Again,
2: it lends credence to the, the concept that this is also an approximation of a, a, a young child's descendant of madness. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely the subject. Yeah. Like. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been, yeah, maybe it ate too many jelly beans or what it thought were jelly beans. were actually psychoactive.
2: Somebody's undergraduate thesis will definitely be written on this. I'm sure. um, air quoting
0: that. <laughs> um, vitamins. Yeah. Um, Yes, and the whole thing is accompanied by some music by Daniel Sadowski, who's uh, probably best known in the games world for writing some of Dota 2's music. Uh, A lot of people play that game. I'm not one of them, but, uh, or Sadowski, probably, because American. I think some of the pieces are really nice. I just think that um, it was, I think it's actually interesting now, because one of the things we've talked about, in these podcasts and in Sound of Play is how we've almost not noticed how, although Lucasfilm came up with uh, iMuse back for Monkey Island 2 in 92, it's taken decades for music to become properly kind of sensitive and interactive and context sensitive. So going back to a game from 2009 where the music just kind of plays and never, and, uh, you know, cues come in at certain preordained moments but in terms of the level the tune just rolls and rolls and rolls and and and, and repeats and repeats and i actually had to mute it at times because although i think some of the tunes were nice well composed and quite atmospheric just the repetition over 17 hours was sometimes a bit much and i could have done with a bit more kind of an yeah, I know this was a Wii game 11 years ago, but a, a bit more of the kind of quiet, loud. um, Oh, I'm thinking about what to do. So it kind of dials down. And then as you get the solution, it kind of comes back up. That kind of thing that we get now.
1: So I didn't have an issue with the music in that same way. Um, but something that I did notice, and this is not something that I am inclined to notice too often um but i the loops of the music were really obvious mm-hmm. i i'm not sure why that that got me but it really did like i i found them to be very very noticeable good music but yeah the the loop was not my
3: favorite it's like, it's playing the game. <laughs> yeah it's the you know that's fine and that's and for me that's a, you know a part of the game that's actually quite not essentially tension filled but you know there's a bit more kind of atmospheric mm. stuff going on but yeah that that loop for you know the best part of you know two hours Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're like, okay yeah now i get it that's yeah, yeah it's there
0: <laughs> the same music for several levels in a row <laughs> each of which are probably when you're first playing them around 15 minutes long maybe 10 to 15 minutes when you, while you're puzzling it all out yeah it was a bit much in places for me so yes I, I switched to uh, I was playing on PC I was doing the you know kind of tabbing between uh, ha- having a YouTube tab open with something else playing and, and things like that
3: Leon come on sac- sacred of the game come
0: on <laughs> but uh, absolutely but it was also um, it was yeah it was also that thing of but, sometimes being more annoying having the music so, so yeah. I think this it's actually um, this plays a lot
3: into pretty much the entirety of the game in, in the way that I think it's it presents itself as quite gentle so i think the music comes off as mm. kind of quite placid and gentle i think you know the visuals which we've kind of touched on a little bit but you know they are quite mellow and gentle and in some regards understated like there's nothing to you know some of the boss fights are interesting but a lot of the actual visual design of monster monster something character the the enemies, if you can call them that in the background, like well, it gets quite dark towards it the does end. towards There's the end and kind of skulls and everything in the background, and I think you know Alex said though you know after playing a few levels you know i, I felt like you know it's similar to the swap of the swap of better, actually, I think the first few levels don't tell the entirety of the tale, I think you know the first mm. two or three levels are quite placid, quite calm. Um, and yeah. that's what you probably go in there expecting from the cover art. I did, yes, the, yeah. The, the latter half of the game, I think, is a lot more interesting, both from a gameplay standpoint of view and from a visual point of view. So, yeah. you know, I think if, if people are going to jump on this game, I didn't give it more than just the first few level sets, because I think it really does open up
0: both visually and, um, gameplay. So we should we should actually you're right we should talk more about the backdrops before mm. we move on because i think um they were one of the things that actually sold the game to me when first looking at it as well as the you know the cartoony looking boy these really nice hand drawn and mm-hmm. presumably painted and scanned in and digitally touched up uh, backdrops and yes i kind of i don't know why because games are rarely like this but i did sort of assume that the whole thing would be foresty woody areas mm. but of course it's a multi-area game of course it's got four sets of uh, kind of art styles and tiles mm-hmm. from the woods to a more urban area to a beautiful kind of fanciful Willy Wonka foreign planet Toe Jam and Earl kind
2: of place. <laughs> I can't that. It reminds me of um, Marvin the Martian's uh, version of Mars yeah. from Looney Tunes yes. in its color yeah, palette yeah, Chuck and Jones sensibilities. Stuff, yeah.
0: And then the, the, yeah, the final set of levels in whatever it's meant to be, the Emperor's Evil Lair, where it's, uh, you know, you've got almost a kind of biomechanical gothic horror kind of weird mashup. So, yeah, there is there is more to it. And I think I, I mean, I personally didn't find the, the final set of levels as a, a visually appealing, but I thought it was well worth getting to the third set of levels in Blobolonia because that place was just, yeah, it's just really charming. A, a sort of alien candy land. I, I, I can carry on.
3: <laughs> um, but I, I i have to admit, I, I was surprised there wasn't a bit more to it. And I, as I said, so I wondered why it took me so long, because I started this game a few weeks ago. And it took me a fair old. Time, I mean, like literally, only finishing it before the show. But it, but that was yeah. actually down to me not necessarily being drawn back to the game every night. Yeah. You know, Same. So, so I started it thinking, oh yeah, no, I kind of got a handle of this. I'll come back to that. Did a few more levels. Oh, yeah, I'll come back to that. And as the show start, started to approach a bit more, I was like, oh yeah, I really do mm-hmm. need to <laughs> actually you know sit down and and play this. Um. And I and I kind of got me wondering like why why what is this because it's. Maybe it's just down to the music, down to the visuals, all being kind of placid and... I, don't know, just, I just wasn't... They didn't draw me into the mm. art style in in the way that I think, you know, if, if it had, I would have been there. And I felt that like with the first two sets of levels. that Okay, I kind of got a handle what this is. I'll get round to doing this. And I'm, and it wasn't until I got into the kind of back half of the game I was like, actually, no, there's some really good, intelligent game design here. Yeah. But I, I never... I never actually felt encapsulated by the I, I think I agree and, and
2: for me it, what I would say is it kind of has a lot of sensibilities of a lot of like mm. sort of early 2010s throwaway um, mobile games. I'm thinking like Cut the Rope or Angry Birds where it's, hey, spend oh, yeah. two oh. minutes in a level and then collect three things to unlock something else. Mm. So there's a sort of temporality about it where I'm not necessarily inclined to want to stay there. And I also want to say, like for me, it has the gentlest difficulty curve of any game I think I've ever played.
0: <laughs> I was going to mention, <laughs> might as well mention it now because it's 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 related. This game has literal signposting until the last area of the game like part of me was very grateful for that because sometimes i'm stupid and i don't work these things out but uh, part of me was th- there are points where it give- it doesn't hold your hand later in the game as well where it is like i don't know whether to fire myself across this level in a cannon or <laughs> you know kind of take a take a, a a leap to the sky or you know make myself a platform or whatever else but Oftentimes, even in the very last world of the game, there'll sometimes be a big set of wooden boards with a red sign painted on them telling you what bean to use, (laughs) which is not so much a lack of difficulty curve as pretty much we don't either we're not confident enough in our level design or we're not confident enough in you as a player to work this out.
1: So I have a couple of things on that. First of all, I think that I actually disagree about the beginning levels of the game um because i found that to be one of the i I think that the first half of the game and the second half of the game are almost different types of game i they they have Mm -hmm. the same mechanics obviously but richie was mentioning about how the the levels are very short and and pretty simple and self-contained and i actually Mm. liked that a lot um it, it it kind of made me um made me feel very moorish i i suppose if you want to look Mm -hmm. at it that way i (laughs) I, yeah sure um but but like the, the one more level thing right so i would you know i would uh play a couple of levels and think oh well you know they're only a couple minutes long and and i i feel i get a satisfaction out of having wrapped up the uh the kind of little mini package uh of of a level and uh that that to me was pretty satisfying so i would you know want to go on and do another one and do another one and do another one um whereas towards the end of the game also satisfying uh quite a bit but in a different way because those levels are much longer they are much more involved you know, once once you get all the way through them, it, it's it's great, and you know you you can get that same satisfaction out of it, but it takes a lot more. But that's
3: from a gameplay point of view. Was there yeah. anything from a the visual design that made you want to come back into the game and, yeah. and see more? And and that was the the draw of the game rather than the actual just the gameplay.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that there was, uh, you know, the 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 ending levels were. Not as visually pleasant. I, and they're still, you know, impressive and artistically, uh, artistically coherent and everything, but they're not, you know, nice rolling green hills and, and forests and, uh, you know, just a happy, uh, the, the the best way that I can (laughs) think of to, to kind of talk about it is that I got some very serious Kirby's epic yarn vibes from the first half of the game. And I have mentioned before that that game is something that brings me a, huge amount of just joy mm-hmm. yeah. into my cold Same black heart here. but um yes. yeah and and that that's I, I think that it was just enjoyable in that first half um and, and that's not to say that i did not enjoy the second half but it is a a completely different type of enjoyment for me i i think somewhere where this is coming
3: from the last platform where i played was was actually for the show and that was the original rayman to say that they are two very different games would be an understatement, Rayman is a horrendously hard game, uh, where actually Boy and the Blob is just a challenging game uh, in its own right. But um, there was something about Rayman, just the way that the levels looked, that just had so much character that kept throwing me through. And there's so many other games like that. But I was surprised, actually, that this the visual style of Boy and the Blob. I think that's probably what I went in expecting, was a bit more like, oh, i Based on the cover art, which is terrible, right? A bit more whimsy. Yeah, just a bit more kind of charm. And ha- I, all I'd ever heard is it has a hug button. I'm like, Oh my God, this game's going to be <laughs> so great. It's going to oh, hug funny. It's going to look so brilliant. And actually what I walked away was going, Wow, that's a really cool puzzle game. Yeah. If I just didn't think about the visual design again, like, that's fine. Like if someone, I could, I could put a puzzle out in my mind right now. And that's the thing that's going s- to stand there. But actually to walk away from the game, I'd
0: be like, I'll probably just remember the box art cover again. Which is weird. It's not a. It's not like a. I, I won't mention the title because it would be a spoiler for that game if you go into it not knowing. But it's not. It's not. It's not a rug, th- a pull like one of those games that starts off like something and ends up really very much darker than <laughs> that something. It's not quite. It's not quite that, no, is it? No, not at all. But but the but yes. Once you are in those particularly the last set of eight levels, which are set in the emperor's place. And you end up fighting a monster, which is kind of basically what's it called? Cloverfield. You know, it's like a, it's like a Cthulhu-esque kind of, uh, you know, tentacle-faced Acid spewing nightmare, albeit in a cartoon yeah, and, style. And actually, I,
3: I reserve the right to say anything to do with the mech is super brilliant, and I love that from a visual standpoint. Of you, yeah, you're in well, good company. Yeah. The <laughs>
0: uh, the only thing I didn't like about that was was a problem I kind of had throughout the, the game as a whole, which was the kind of the waiting for to for every it's fine. For, for the for, 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 yeah. It's brilliant. yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> For, 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 for the blob to turn itself into a mech <laughs> and then for you to climb in and when you're up against uh, you've got a window of opportunity against that final boss anyway mm, we're gonna uh, getting yeah. slightly <laughs> ahead of ourselves but um, oh, there was something else I was going to say on that never mind right here we're actually going to officially cover it we'll probably mention it again we've already mentioned it before gameplay feature keep the blob happy by using the all new hug button so you press up on the d-pad certainly that's the way i was doing it mm-hmm. apropos of nothing for no reward other than it is cute it's an achievement do it five times oh okay yeah, <laughs> all right there's an, there's <laughs> an external uh, achievement okay within the game though and the wii original there was no there were no achievements the hug was purely um to make you feel good the scold which is the <laughs> other end of the the, 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 the other side of the coin does actually if Blob's in a kind of semi frenzied state leaping around, if you if you scold Blob, I think it kind of kind of resets it because he just goes, calm down. And uh, and that's actually got a, a small use, although you never need to use it, as as Leah will attest. No, you never need to use it. Now, I'm just going to say, though, for somebody who is so dogmatic about their uh, their right in real life to uh, to scoff actual animals i'm not taking i'm not taking um uh uh uh, feel bads from you about scolding my digital fictional blob
1: when have i ever
0: (laughs) it's a (laughs) it's uh i i only scolded it just to see what would happen leah honestly (laughs)
2: <laughs> you would hate playing the game with me. I mean, I've mentioned this before. Like, the Scald is absolutely essential in some of the, the, the difficult levels because you, you just need Blob to have a little bit less kind of free thinking autonomy and to be much more kind of <laughs> servile to six year old boy. Yeah. Uh,
0: and also, you're the person who uh, let it be known. Uh, whenever you see a random animal roaming the streets in Tom Clancy's a Division <laughs> Two, you, kill you
2: you summarily
0: execute it in cold blood. Oh,
2: look, this shouldn't stick. Okay,
0: did you know I do a
3: similar thing? Uh, so whenever we are playing some uh, like Elder Scrolls Online I I shoot the rabbits and stuff because they give you materials my poor wife who plays with me gets upset every single time it's like, what just did like it the do? dogs
0: in the <laughs> Division 2 yeah it's hard it's uh, there, there's it's always this weird yeah this weird relationship in games um, yeah of course I've slaughtered billions <laughs> in games of humans and animals alike but yes definitely uh, tend to feel worse about the the, the cute ones <laughs>
2: Thanks for that as, uh, like- ad hominem. attack
3: <laughs> but- on. So, so the hug button serves no other purpose than to make you feel good, right? I, we're, we're not talking layers upon layers that it, the blob gets better abilities just purely out of the fact that
0: you love him so much. It's just there, i, I and I think that's why people like it so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because up, so-
2: context. Like, I think we are all grown adults and like this is a 17 hour game that we're playing for a podcast. So I'm imagining we're not inclined to role play a six year old boy for the purposes um, of, of kind know. of enjoying the time. But <laughs> the way that I played this game, there was no time constraint. I've played it many times across many platforms and um, with many of my children and, and the hug button is an essential part of the role play for, for them and for me. And I'm not really sure if that means anything or has any import in this particular situation, but it's it's a really kind of interesting way for, for my children, for example, to try and engage with the game that otherwise might be very hard for them. They might say, You're going to want a reward.
3: You do say that, hmm. but um, my one of my daughters did say, oh, Can you press the hug button again, Daddy? So, <laughs> yeah. so that was beautiful. But then oh, again, she was then playing Sims and locking them into
0: rooms without toilets. So, you know, you
3: know <laughs> it works both ways around well, for, for a sure. seven year old. I mean,
0: that's the yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I can remember being absolutely. Just totally cruel to uh, to certain insects and things like that as a child but yeah, you know I, I loved my i love my cat and my dogs it's uh similar only not real
1: Monsters. <laughs> the good thing
0: about the hug is uh is uh, you know like rich saying it's based on you know the animation's been taken from footage of a kid hugging a, a, a sleeping bag or a duvet or whatever it is it's i don't think it's that many frames of animation maybe six or eight or something i don't know but yeah. it's uh but they're really beautifully drawn In, and it, and it is addictive can you
3: say leo <laughs> on the, one of the best things is when he he you turn him into a ball he gets eaten blows up <laughs> a, blows up <laughs> whatever the black goo thing yes. is from the inside it comes over and you go give us a hug it's it's <laughs> that, that is a magical i did that after your suggestion and it's a magical moment it's like a good boy <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you seriously, Leah, did you uh, did you actually never scold your blog?
1: No, I did not. I didn't I, I mean I, I really didn't I was not doing a whole lot of the uh, the challenge level, so maybe maybe that's a thing that would help. It. Could you
0: have been could you it's a very mild scold, I will say. Yeah. It's like
1: if Just I think if it
0: if he started beating it with a stick and filling <laughs> it a useless sack of crap, then wow. then maybe 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 I would have been less inclined. But all he does is go, calm down. Like, almost for your own good.
3: Anecdotally, though, I tell you what, the game is, it doesn't tell you much, does it? So I I went through the first few levels, and I hadn't actually realised you could jettison like the beans across the across a map so i i thought for a while like well my arc is just me dropping this blob and this is what i'm going to do so until i hit a level and it's like how do i get passes and i had to go into the instruction manual
0: to realize what's interesting about that is yeah so um i'd completely forgotten that too even though i did you know i bought the wii version in 2009 of course i played the first few levels before i shelved it for 10 years but i believe if i recall correctly with the wii remote you you aim where you want the bean
2: to go huh. i think i don't think so i mean it's been no? a good four oh. or five years since i've last played that but it's got fairly kind of conventional there was controls. okay
0: uh, it's, I think it's Nunchuck and Wiimote. Well, okay, yeah. that kind of makes more sense in a way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so on the version I played it on PC on Steam, you hold a button yeah. down, and then yeah, an arc appears with a, a, a dashed line where your bean's going to go. You can even it even shows you where, where it's it's almost like Peggle. It's going to show you where where it's where it's likely to bounce. It's not always a hundred percent accurate, interestingly. And the game is quite good for most of the time for making little adjustments of its own to stop it being super frustrating. So if you throw uh, the bean to make a cannon out of your blob uh, and it works out that you won't be able to get into the cannon because the barrel of the cannon is over the edge of a ledge, it will, the blob blob will automatically position itself a few pixels back from the ledge so that you can still get into the cannon and fire you. On the flip side of that, there are also moments like that final final boss where I was trying to get it to produce the mech under the platforms and it was just saying no not enough space not enough space even though it makes you know made absolutely no difference whether it It, spawned there or not it also took me a a while to realise you could
3: actually flip an item around So say at the rocket or whatever or you could actually oh flip it can you yeah if you Press left, I think. Alright, one of those. Oh, I thought can, I, I was it can
0: flip that. would direction. probably make the game a lot wow <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that would make the game a lot easier. I would unspawn the blob and no, then you press a to the, beam, the direction
2: and then throw, throw the beam it the in the beam. other direction. Yeah.
0: Correct. No, you can actually just flip
2: the actual so oh, if the facing left, you can flip it right. <laughs> Sorry. Turn that seventeen hours into ten. <laughs> <There> <laughs> it you
0: would know. help. Yeah. It would have helped. But well, one, so
1: one thing that we haven't mentioned, though, is that you, unlike the other two games, uh, the beans are not limited. Like, you do not have a specific not number. It, they're limited in type because you only have a certain loadout when you go into a uh, level, but you don't have a certain limited number, which is... Very nice because that would get frustrating really fast. I, th- I think
3: yeah. I think my point being there is because you know there is some really good gameplay and we all talk about all the different blobs because all the different beans because they make different stuff. But it, it does show you for as hand-holdy as this game can actually seem to be, there is s- you know some aspects like Leon managing to complete the game, yeah. going through like hard <laughs> mode without realizing you can flip because there is n- there is nothing text wise to say yeah no, no this is what you can do. And I stumbled across mm. that just by in you know pure accident and somewhat i i kind of quite often i like games that don't handhold at all and actually said we'll just learn in uh, that environment and i you know mm. i suppose the game taught me i needed to throw a bean so that makes sense but the fact that you can go play a game for 17 hours get through some challenging levels and still not know kind of a, a basic feature does show yeah. you actually that it does it can fall quite on that peripheral ledge isn't it where people actually not not entirely because there is some areas of this game where you need to drop beans through like time gaps and move blocks around with different characters over a a long period of time and actually work maybe a a five or six stage puzzle and it would be helpful maybe if you knew the basics sometimes but
0: yeah definitely and we should say at this point I think the while this game doesn't give you any time limits or uh, a life counter it's quite harsh in that you just get one hit and you die. Now, the the checkpoints are pretty frequent, although there's a few stages where I think it could have done with one or two more, uh, particularly the final boss, not the final final, but the, the penultimate boss where you have to walk down a corridor every time you fail it for no real good reason. But I think one of my major issues with the game is that. Sometimes the collision detection feels very harsh oh, and a little yeah, bit goodness, dubious,
2: yeah. especially on the um, floating, exploding things. Like there the uh-huh. seems to be no predictability behind that splash damage. Yeah, did that cause? Yeah, did that cause anyone else as as much
0: heartache as me? There were times when there's there's some sequences where you have to be you, you have to get quite close to some of the many kind of uh, dark, oily, blobulous enemy forms. Uh, of which there are a fairly large number each with different I was going to say personalities but um <laughs> it's more of a mechanical thing really isn't it uh attributes I suppose uh, and sometimes yeah there's some there's a bit of glitch and jankiness to that stuff which with because it's sort of ostensibly in some ways a physics based puzzle game with the the throwing arc of the beans and the the weights of things and and it's not like a true Real world robust physics engine, but the game has its own sense of physics, and sometimes they 're a bit wacky. sometimes they help you when it feels like they shouldn't have done, and sometimes they really don't and um, you can get trapped in a, a little loop of kind of dying and the you know the death is just this kind of slightly anticlimactic frustrating. Flop into in the floor. Um, what I'm saying is, I died <laughs> a lot and it annoyed me. Hard to disagree. Yeah, the key to any
3: game like this is if that death animation takes too long and the respawn takes is takes too long as well. It's then hmm. a chore. And I actually think it's not too bad. I actually yeah. think it 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 it's pretty good. Like there's it's pretty quick to get back into the game. Checkpoints are mostly True. fine. Like you said, there's one or two times that I I came a cropper. The bosses seem to be the place that I really kind of, you know, there was an internal scold button going on even if it wasn't for the blob. (laughs) But actually, generally, I think there's some trial or error that you can't just pick up this game and go, I will suss this out from, here we go. It's like, no you you have to make mistakes. You will find yourself on occasions, Mm -hmm. not necessarily trapping yourself into a room, because they always give you abilities, even if it's like a just a hole to get back out of the ground and and stuff and and hit resets. But I generally found myself working through the gameplay, not being frustrated by it. And I think that's the absolute key for any type of puzzle game, is to feel like there's a challenge there, but not feel completely lost and frustrated Know, within, you know, within the game's logic. And I think nine times out of ten, the game's logic was really sound. And occasionally, you know, the hit detection, even if you had solved the logic, would do you a cropper, and that would be annoying. But generally, I found it quite a pleasant
2: experience to work my way through unless it- I agree yeah so. I talk about this quite a lot and some of the other podcasts that I've been on but with a puzzle game in particular I'm always seeking out that point at which the game breaks bad and that's usually either my own intelligence starts mm-hmm. to push up against the mechanics of the game or my patience starts to wear thin and I simply can't be bothered to go on that's not a thing that I encountered with this game. And I don't know if that's because of the pacing or the aesthetic kind of nature of it, or just that the puzzles are really well designed.
1: Yeah. I think the only real, uh, frustration, uh, like, like Tony was saying was for me was with the boss fights. Um, because I, I did like, like pretty much everybody else is saying. I, I did find that the, uh, checkpoints were pretty good. Uh, I didn't, With with very few exceptions, I did not have uh, any issues with that, even when I had to do some sections uh, a few times just because my skill was not maybe what it needed to be. Um, Or, you know, you shoot a cannon and you have to do the angle a little bit, uh, you know, kind of mess around with that a little bit to to make sure that you don't hit something or, uh, you know, get a, there are a few places in which there are um, cycles with some of the explodey things, or even just with enemies that are kind of wandering back and forth on the ground. So you have to pay attention to that. And the, the restarts are quick, and uh and pretty plentiful so i didn't find that to be a, a real issue it's not like super meat boy or anything like that but it's it's pretty good nonetheless i thought
2: worth noting the restarts are quick not in the wii version <laughs> the load times oh, in the wii version uh, are not great at all
0: okay yeah playing it on a on a reasonable pc from a solid state drive means they are almost instant presumably yeah, Xbox, with yeah. a lot more ram And similarly with the Xbox and PS4, right. Okay. So yeah, that's a, it's a, a down mark for the, for the Wii disc version. Yeah. Uh, And is anyone other than me going to be willing to admit uh, getting so stuck at any point that they looked up the solution? I did a few times. I'll admit a few places where I was like, I don't get what they want here. In almost every case it was, oh, you know, like <laughs> it was that obvious. I just forgot to try that bean in that particular place. Um, and I'd probably be I was probably quicker to look something up because knowing the deadline was looming and all that than I would have been.
3: Same as you. Like, actually, it's the back half of the game because I realized I was slightly against the time. I, I'd taken my time and because I know, Leon, you, you basically didn't collect too many treasures. If I'm... Half, about half, okay, so just over. Yeah. I, I think I'm about 15 off from all the treasures. and That's pretty good. Yeah, and most of those in the back half there. So I was taking my time and I have to say, you know, I, I can't... Most of the treasures are on route, I'm going to say, towards the back end of the, the game and the treasures unlock special things and I haven't actually done the challenge levels because I needed to finish the game and I wanted to go back to those and I will go back to those. Actually, I mean, there's a good compliment is that once this show's done, I'm going to go back to the game and actually finish off collecting all the treasures and stuff because i didn't enjoy it that much so that's that's something would you
0: if there was no achievement is Probably there an not? achievement but <laughs> yeah
3: <really. laughs> no but there is achievements but uh, you know it's no, good to know but yeah it's relevant, um, but actually know? i found myself if i just when i started the game i found myself just running through the level and, and going oh i got to the end and actually not having those treasures collected kind of bugged me a little bit so i went back and i actually realized this is, and i find this quite often with puzzle games some of the actual challenges to get the extra secret are far more interesting than just the level set you know the the, the the hoops that you have to go through and the the puzzle logic you have to go through i found to be a lot more enjoyable than just going well how would i get to the end of this this game so i think there is other than just concept art i think there is some reward to actually go out your way and actually find this stuff and they're pretty well signposted and also the caged blobs. Uh, yeah, there are blobs, aren't there? Yeah, the cage blobs. I failed to get a few of those, and there was one in particular that I just oh, yeah. could not work out how to get towards the back end of the game.
0: Some of them, some of them you seem to fly. At the po- with the oh, lava.
3: Okay. How? How?
0: Oh. <laughs> trampoline.
3: On. I, I think. went on
0: the trampoline. Oh, whatever.
3: Anyway, that's beside the bike. <laughs> You are on a rocket, you have to fly past it, and it's kind of underneath a platform. You can't just throw a bean down, but you can throw a uh, trampoline down, but you can't then throw a bean whilst on the trampoline. I will work it out.
0: <laughs> can you throw a bean from a rocket? No,
2: you can't. No. no, unfortunately,
3: unfortunately not. so. So just that um, um, I missed
2: a few on flybys. Yeah. On, on the difficulty, like I am, I am the most average gamer. Uh, like <laughs> of all. like I have absolutely no um, qualities that, right. that make me anything other than just a slightly higher tolerance to to things that make me impatient. Um, I don't think I ever really struggled with the the answer to certain things, with exception to some of the challenge levels. In particular, the challenge levels that introduce the doppelganger, because there's some just real head scratches as to how to maneuver the the doppelganger into a position to do what you want to it usually involves you moving in a certain way where the doppelganger is obstructed and then doing a very complimentary exercise on the other side so be wary of that as you you go for the um the last trophies
3: for for people who don't know what are all the uh the the beans in this game can we work them out between us if we don't have a list I've got a
0: list. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't put a list up. I, oh, you've got. Oh, Richard's got a list. I thought we could try. <laughs> I thought we could try. Sladder, so, uh,
2: in no beam. particular order. So uh, the berry bean, which is a bean that you throw at Bob, it turns Blob into a balloon. And the balloon, uh, the advantage of that is it just simply follows you, regardless of, of what objects are on the screen. I um, ooh, ooh, use that ooh, quite ooh, often. Wait a
0: minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You can just keep shouting at him until he turns
2: into a balloon. Yeah. You certainly can. Yes. If you're a terrible human, yeah. just whistle
1: it. <laughs> oh,
3: not you as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm there with you, Leon. Just keep on mashing that Y button. You can't get up on me. <laughs> fly over to me come on
1: <laughs> listen it's not it's not my it's not our fault that you're he goes you red as have, well he's
3: angry That's his like no he's angry yeah. sympathy
1: for the adorable little blob <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's only trying to help you so that Welcome his show, planet yeah. doesn't die <laughs>
3: do you know what I've been called a monster on this show on Cain and Rince a number of times <laughs> I'm me, cut, actually like- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
2: it's true i well, haven't
1: forgotten near automata tony i really keep- <laughs> haven't
2: <laughs> that got brought up if, right. you, if you keep being a monster <laughs> um what, like it I said- so the next is, is the apple uh bean which is uh, it creates a jack which as we know lifts things like cars mm. it's normally used to sort of elevate elevate something or push buttons in the ceiling punch is a returning flavor and it creates a hole so that's a kind of ubiquitous one that's in in most levels mm. bubblegum flavor creates a space hopper Straight no, from the like 1970s. It. Licorice creates a ladder. Uh, pear creates a parachute. Banana creates an anvil. Tangerine is to create a, a little trampoline or a trampette uh, for jumping. Mm, nice. Coconut creates a ball. Cola uh, engulfs uh, a boy in, in a bubble made out of blob. It's so cute when yeah. he does that as well. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a Vor reference there. Uh, cream. I, I, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. who wants a cream-flavoured anything, but cream creates cream a cannon. Cream's all right yeah mint Cream creates cannon. a doppelganger
0: oh the creepy doppelganger
2: yeah. yeah and last but not least well certainly not last Yeah, it's strawberry creates a shield for the boy to oh, deflect I like projectiles shield.
0: shield comes very late in the very game cool. but is uh is completely essential uh, of course i mean they
2: will i like
3: have it. to say as well because the game starts you off with obviously limited you know, the key ones, just, you know, a hole, a ladder, etc. You know, so as you get to grips with with those techniques. And you die you will die a number of times to the black goo around this area. The moment you start getting stuff where you can you know, set off the goo in its own kind of environment, either with a double gang or using a shield, loved it. It was like at last I can, you know, not not full foul to this black goo
0: okay Uh, i've already asked uh i was was already mooted or posited the idea of a game that's more flexible in terms of its solutions but how about is there a version of this game that's more interesting or better or whatever you want to call it where you always have every bean available to you at all times Mm. and so it's down to you to work out what you need, rather than the developers going at the start of the level, you're going to need this slot.
1: I actually kind of liked having a specific loadout. uh, And I think that that's Mm -hmm. part of why I didn't really need to look up any solutions. Um, It, for me, uh, I, I found that that was part of the puzzle, almost like we have given you uh, these specific beans. And now you are, I, I had this happen a couple of times where I probably could have just immediately gone for a walkthrough and thought, okay, well, I'm stuck. But what I would do instead would be to look at all of the beans that I had and think, okay, well, they gave me these for a reason. So one of these is going to get me out of here. Uh, and and for me, I, I thought that that was a, uh, a satisfactory way to kind of nudge you towards the correct solution without necessarily doing the literal signpost thing every time.
3: Yeah, I would also um, imagine from a from a developer point point of view, giving yeah. people an infinite ability to use multiple different <laughs> abilities mm. at any one time would be somewhat of a playtest nightmare. So i I think you know i I liked the more created approach to the levels and Like
0: scribble notes. Yeah, and and I've and
3: I've <laughs> played games like that where you've got you know a ton of stuff to you you, you can access, and you you know you have to eventually look up a walkthrough and go. Well, how would I ever, like, come on, where this, you know, when you've got, you know, it's not, it's not like a massive roster of stuff, is it? You know, Sometimes it could be the full gamut. Yeah. But, you know, at your choice, sometimes it could be what, oh. six, seven, eight, eight.
2: That, that, yeah, that well, I'll, I'll tell you why it's eight because obviously the um, directional controller and the nunchuck only recognizes eight directions. Oh yeah, but quite often they one won't even time. give you the full gambit of eight, will
3: they? They'll just give you yeah, four quite. just for that level. So I think I prefer the more curated approach. Like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not just banging my head against the wall and going completely the wrong direction. It has to be one of these three things. Even though I did occasionally look at a puzzle and go well, X would be, you know, a cannon right here would be a far better solution to get out here. He should just turn into a cannon, even though that wasn't an option. You'd have to use a trampoline or something. I think I prefer the more creative approach that, yeah, you've given a, you know, a
0: smaller subset of stuff to use.
2: We did miss out the grape bean, by the way, which was the Incredible Aliens mech suit. Ah,
0: <laughs> the, uh yeah, the kind of... Yeah, it is just, it's, it's the biggest one you get. You get it in the last two levels, we should say, once you're back on Earth. And uh, it's just, it it's the bit out of uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, mm-hmm. where you get the mech at the end of the game. Only less gore, it's uh, the, less Vin Diesel. It's all empowering. Everything that they had yeah. killed you in the
3: past, you now just stomp through yeah. and break, have no care. But their, Victory lap. There were some great little moments. I think, you know, once again, the game doesn't tell you these things, but, you know, dropping down a cannon and realizing certain things will go in the cannon and you can fire that out of the environment. And you wouldn't necessarily have worked that logic out. It just, you know, you don't get the timing right on a cannon and realize you can actually load it up with enemy cannonballs, which is also helpful. Um, Also, the cannon, great place for infinite hiding uh, on boss levels. If you're going to get hit by something, jump in a cannon. It can't harm you for some reason. Eventually, you have to leave the cannon. But, you know, (laughs) it makes you feel, you know, uh,
0: safe for at least two or three seconds. That's true. Yeah. Some some of the Blob's powers are much more um, protective than others, Mm. shall we say. Teamwork is the key. The boy has limited movement and strength, so you must use your blob friend to transform into useful objects to get things, to, get to things or places the boy cannot access alone. Jobo Bonobo from the forum says, The boy being so vulnerable and having a wildly more realistic jump than most other platforming stars makes the blob an absolutely vital tool for navigating environments, defeating enemies and, of course, solving puzzles. Uh, so, yes, we've mentioned uh, the abilities, including the cream cannon, enemies and hazards. Uh, yeah. Travel through the Blobalonian outskirts to the Emperor's Citadel. That's what it's called. Uh, f- through 40 breathtaking levels filled with hidden treasures. 40 additional challenge levels will put your skills to the ultimate test. 40 challenge levels? Seriously?
1: Yeah, there's one for each uh, regular level. If you collect all three of the treasure chests in that level, you open the... Challenge level corresponding to it.
0: Oh, good Lord. So those are the glittery things in, in mm-hmm. the... Yes. Uh, I only went to a couple of those. That's a lot. And do any of those... The ones I did didn't seem to have checkpoints. Are they all challenged in that sense that you have to do them in one hit without... Yep,
2: I
1: believe
0: so.
2: Yeah. So they're usually significantly Sheesh. shorter. But, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. They, they, they sweat the asset a bit and make it way more difficult and, and much more complicated than, than what you might find yeah. in the usual journey. So it's quite a lot of game, really,
0: uh, if you do everything. Um, Although you described it very neatly, I thought, and niftily as Svelte the other day, it sort of is. But it's also, you know, if you want to do everything, if you collect all the chests and then complete all the challenge levels, as you said, what you're looking at more like 40-something hours. than Yeah, indeed. For a game that looks so gentle, kid-friendly, like a children's program cartoon, Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's got the beast in it. Uh, literally at the end jobo bonobo from the forums says the puzzles and jelly bean abilities scale up in complexity and imagination as the game goes on and the pace was pitched just right where when it seemed puzzles were getting samey new jelly beans were added to liven things up again the game is also balanced quite well with some tricky spots here and there but never enough to make you quit the game and with its generous check marks, redoing sections is never too frustrating an experience. Another note on the puzzle design is how it encourages you to drop the controller for a second and truly think about what you need to do, particularly in later stages. What might seem impossible can be easily achieved by truly observing your surroundings and the jelly beans you have on you. Once it used this technique to blatantly troll me. There's a section in one of the levels from the final world where you need to get past some spikes below you and get to the left side of the screen to go down a small pit and continue your journey. Now, you could jump off the ledge with your parachute and veer sharply to the left, but doing that will crash you into a floating bomb. So that's out. You look to your far right and you see a giant slime monster, which you could use as a moving platform to go across the spikes, but its path is blocked by, well, a block. So... How do I move the block in order to get the monster to move over so I can travel on him using the blob as an anvil? This was a complex, multi-layered puzzle, and after numerous failed attempts, I noticed something. There was an updraft underneath where I was at the beginning of the puzzle area, which would soften my fall. I could simply throw my light blue jelly bean down there, creating a duplicate of myself, and push the block underneath me. Then I could call the blob up to me, feed him a red jelly bean, and I would land safely on the block and be on my merry way. What seemed to be a real head scratcher was actually a quick and easy solution. Mm. This game rewards your observation skills so much that I just laughed at how the developers took advantage of the overthinking that puzzle games can condition in players such as myself, and was actually the moment when I went from liking this game to truly adoring it.
3: That was a really good email for, for a good point. It's really hard to describe puzzles in puzzle games to people that have never played the game before. I, fe- yes. I found this in the past. It's like well, I could go beat by beat through a puzzle, and unless you, like I can visually see it, if if you've not played the game, it's really hard to visualise what the person's talking about. So it can come across really dry. But actually, Joe Bonobo did that really well of actually just describing. Yeah, there is always those multifaceted. These are the ways, and we could we could spend two hours on the show just talking about how the puzzles form out but i it's i don't know if that's necessarily needed but it is Mm. they can be quite complex but never to the point of like huh what are you asking me to do and the double gang of stuff i found is when when the puzzles started getting that little bit more challenging of like okay i need to move him up there and actually when you get a double ganger that is you that moves at the same time as you. And you can also have a double ganger of yourself that you can put out as blob that also moves. There's some really clever kind of multi-layered puzzle techniques there, but incredibly hard to describe. But the game actually does have some really good, clever puzzle logic that is, um, you know, I don't think it's going to stumble too many people, but I don't, it's not just a pick, you know, I wouldn't just give this to say one of my seven year old girls and say, you know, off you go, you'll get through it to the end because Although the puzzle logic is sound, I think there is there is enough enough there that I think you need to have some game logic under your belt for it to make sense. And also because the hit detection on occasions is frustrating, um, it's not always easy just to pull off the sensiblest, you know, the quickest of moves to actually get into areas that you can just use. So it's it's a typical it's one of those games, I think, is that is designed for gamers um, that have, have got a lot underneath their belt at the same time presenting itself as this kind of cutesy platformer. Now, it's not the first one to do that. There's tons out there that have done that. But it always is a bit of a head scratcher when you you kind of look at the cover and go, oh, no, I think I know what this is. And then it doesn't actually present
0: itself. That is more kind of a wolf in sheep's clothing. We mentioned them before. We mentioned recently in... uh, in relation to what game was it where we were saying ugh, boss fights why does this game have boss fights oh it was halo 5 guardians yes (laughs) that's right and we then you know kind of a few of us went on our most boss fights are terrible kind of you know cliched rant uh this game has bosses which i admire the intent of and the concepts behind more than i enjoyed playing them i like the sort of solutions these sort of one-off the, you, you are taking the mechanics from the rest of the game into these scenes but of course you've never met the you've never seen anything quite like each of these the uh the serpent the quadruped beast and the Blobalonian emperor and You're there's the a bird
1: that's stupid, a, a bird. stupid bird.
0: Bird, jerk bird yeah i think mechanically they're all quite ingenious but when you factor in the insta-kill and boy's quite sluggish movement and pernickety sort of controls
2: at times, uh, I found these frustrating. There's an element of, of reflex in each one of these bosses that really doesn't necessarily exist throughout the rest of the game as well, which is yeah. probably the most frustrating aspect of it. And then there's the whole, you know, you've really got to normalize that you are going to screw it up. Mm -hmm. at one point and then you're going to have to execute it uh correctly and then learn the next component and then do the exact same thing over and over again until you've you've mastered exactly what it is that you can do and i
0: think in each case the none of them require a massive amount of hits which is delightful uh, because yeah or or fewer yeah i mean the final boss does take three but the um the penultimate version is a one-hit wonder, uh, but you have to work out how to drop a rock on his head. So it's kind of a nice sort of almost, uh, yeah, mechanical um, puzzle where you're, yeah, trying a Heath Robinson contraption <laughs> sort, sort of set up. Um, but yes, overall, like the bird, uh, Leah, you it sounds like you had issues with that bird as well oh, as much as I yeah, did. yeah, I, I sure did. did. Yeah. What do you, why do you think that one stands out?
1: I think for me it was mostly because of... Uh, like rich was saying with like the reflex thing like i i knew what i needed to do but the the problem with the bird is so so the um basic solution to it is that this bird is throwing uh other like the little ball like enemies at you and Mm -hmm. you have to um get the blob as a cannon so that it will take the ammo that this bird is throwing at you and shoot it back at that. And then you have to, when it's stunned, then you have to drop an anvil on it and you have to repeat that three times without getting hit. So I, I figured out what it was that I was supposed to be doing pretty quickly. But then after I did that, it was a, a, a matter of not getting hit by these things that are getting thrown which start to after the first hit the first hit's pretty easy and then they start to ricochet all over the place so you have to really pay yeah, attention to where you are as, yeah. as while you are trying to get the blob into whatever position it needs to be in to hit the boss and uh, yeah i i had some i had some issues with that if it took I'd me a while
0: then about the whole flipping <laughs> the cannon thing might it have helped, might have helped uh, quite a lot yes yes
2: The cannonball will miss, and I think that's really the the problem, because Mm -hmm, there's a sort of finite amount of cannonballs that you get before you need to expect an alternative attack, and and, yeah, it's such a pain.
3: Yeah, and weirdly, I I feel like those cannonballs go in a set direction, even though the the bird is in a different place. Like so you you I found myself mastering the first and second wave, and that third wave, I took me ages to work out exactly where the cannon needed to be. And then the hmm. cannon doesn't necessarily even if you you achieve that hit, the cannon might actually miss the bird because the bird's then flown to a different area of the screen, thus ruining yep. your run. I even had it yep. where it took me ten times, I think, finally hit the bird, and then the bird landed on top
0: of me as it died <laughs> and uh, killed yeah. me. And I was like, I had
3: I had the internal school, internal school, internal school. <laughs> <Like>, I was <laughs> like, Whoa!
0: yeah." But, well, I'm glad that makes me feel slightly better. It sounds like your your experience and mine with this game has been quite similar from start but to it's, finish. Um,
3: but they're, they're they're doable. But it's, well, yes. Once yes. again, it's That's you're playing quite- a puzzle game, and then you you come against uh, mechanical boss fights, and they're maybe a yeah, weird juxtaposition again. But
1: I kind of thought it would be more of a an agreeable solution for me personally if the bosses had been less you're fighting one enemy and maybe more like a challenge level to where you are you know executing something more in line with the rest of the the Mm -hmm. gameplay Mm -hmm. and i mean maybe maybe not maybe it still would have been uh unfortunate but um yeah i i I, they weren't game breaking for me by any means but i i definitely spent a lot more time in boss fights than i did but it uh anywhere else
3: really it's funny because i find that the, the final two boss fights are so the ones where you do that kind of one hit wonder like it's really telegraphed what's coming from the top and it's about just moving yourself You even your midway through completes an action and, and the final one you know once again it's you know once you know that the the ground is going to raise a green slime you can okay, i can get on the space hopper and get out like you're going to die a couple of times working that logic but it's fairly telegraphed. it's just the bird because it has that alternative attack. And there's a lot going yeah. on screen at once. It just, it really, yeah, It, it fumb- I, I fumbled on that quite hard for a while. I was like, oh my yeah. God, don't let this be the thing. Like I've just completed Rayman. Don't let, boy, the blob <laughs> going to defeat me. This is insane.
2: But you know, you got there. You? Not to be contrary. I actually didn't find the bird too problematic. And I think this Damn is you. because I <laughs> said very early on that you... <laughs> you <laughs> just stick yeah. the Skulls. cannon over in the corner and, and the rest is kind of uh, gravy you know but it was the, the kind of quadruped the the beast that really kind of did me in because the, there's very limited control over the orb that you're inside because it moves in such a kind of erratic and, and quick way that I couldn't really get in and out and into a safe position with enough uh, time and and um, precision to be able to to do it. And I think it didn't help that I did it, obviously, this morning again for the billionth time with a, a stinking hangover. So, uh, you know, that took way longer <laughs> than I would normally have expected so, to.
3: Talking about mechanics that are frustrating... Did anyone else find the rocket not easy to control?
0: Because um, I actually like the rocket. Thought, that, I yeah, hate It that that was rocket. okay. <laughs> I, I, I think, um, yeah, it wasn't always perfect in terms of turning it uh, <laughs> sharply. But I think once you, it was one of those things that kind of, uh, it sort of sunk in after a bit. I think maybe because I was trying to get treasure
3: chests and actually trying to maneuver it to a point where it stop and allow me to just get off onto platformers was... Whew,
0: yeah. And again, it will just unspawn itself unceremoniously, and then you're dead. You're dropped off the screen or into some spikes. It would be nice if they could have, again, just maybe just allowed you to bounce around safely a bit more. Some kind of, I don't know, I, I know it's difficult because. Or you try running into something
1: on a rocket and not dying. <laughs> <laughs> fair,
0: fair point. Um, but you know how it is with these games, because obviously they can't necessarily allow the player to live when they make a mistake in the sense that you can trap you could trap yourself and then you'd need a suicide button which wouldn't be very becoming of a game like this but i did feel sometimes that in a game that has no time limits and no life counter to have one hit kill on permanently did feel a little bit you know a bit a bit punishing i also never worked out what height i could jump or fall from and either survive or die Ha. Right. Yeah. And it's quite grim. Uh, It doesn't quite go through the Lara Croft thing, but it does effectively, you know, that bit in uh, which uh, which of the Chris Nolan Batman movies is it where he drops the gangster Uh, where he says, uh, you know, I think it's Eric Roberts, isn't it? He says, you won't kill me from this height. And he says, I'm counting on it and drops the guy. (laughs) And uh, and he breaks both his legs. Uh, It's like that. Only it's a six year old kid. So it's a bit, you know.
1: Yeah, we you, you guys have talked about the death animations uh, a little bit, and I I just real quick I, I did not mention this before, but I actually found them kind of distressing. Yeah, yeah, because I mean it's it's not a gory thing or anything, but the kid no. just kind of crumples, and it's the it's, life it's, just goes out Yeah, it's him. it's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: not uh, yeah, it could be triggering if you've suffered the wrong kind of trauma before playing this game. Horrible. Uh, the bosses, says Jobo Bonobo, were a particular highlight with a nice balance of puzzle solving and reflex <laughs> dodging of their attacks. The only one I had real trouble with was the king in his throne room. As each time you died, you had to run down that long hall again and again and listen to his irritating laugh before each fight. Needless to say, the true final boss fight was very satisfying, punching <laughs> his horrible face in with the neck. A fantastic way to end the game. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I thought it was okay, but the window of opportunity, and again, just that sort of slight pernicketiness with making sure the beans in exactly right place, going into the dial of jelly beans and and so on and so forth. Uh, I,
2: I've, I've There's a way around endless. this, you know, you can actually punch back the um, like big blasts of energy that the final boss does in... Uh, what? Instead the of the mech. shield? Yeah, so you can basically just sit in a mech and just punch it back and then smash his teeth in <laughs> as ah, much as you like. and can you fly up to the top yeah, certainly can, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So quite... And are you
0: fast enough to dodge all the things it drops though?
2: Uh well are you fast enough? I don't know if that's a, <laughs> <laughs> a philosophical question there oh or not. The, or not. The, the, it is the, feasible, the, let's say that, yeah. The
0: marshmallow mech. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah and and just
2: on the um, the um, blob king, that is a, a sort of reimagining of the exact yes. same fight in in the original 1989 version, albeit with a little bit more complexity. And I, I forgot to mention this at the the earlier point. You can get yourself into an unwinnable state on the 1989 version because the yeah. blob is f- too far away enough for you to throw the bean, and so you have to try and trick the game into thinking that you're running and um that's that's everybody so it's just another <laughs> bit of junk there
0: yeah i noticed on that speedrun uh from 2014 it was uh he uh, not only does he go through the end credits screen on his way to beating the game which is Backwards. just so 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 <laughs> marvelous um he also spawns the end boss on a screen and then he says no i don't like it there i'm going to spawn it somewhere else i didn't really understand what he was doing how or why but it was cool <laughs> We've sort of mentioned the bittersweet ending. Obviously, finishing a game normally comes with a certain amount of satisfaction, especially when you're on a time limit, <laughs> like Tony and I were. Uh, the uh, there's a you know there's a sequence. As I say, I think the game wants to be et, and maybe if I was a uh, you know wasn't a a, a cold hard old uh, geezer in middle age, uh, maybe if I was some you know young sensitive sort, I'd have found the ending a bit more. Moving, but it was a bit like, glad that's done before, <laughs> before this show. Uh, yeah. So circumstances, but, um, and then on the, uh, the abstraction versions, there's a whole extra set of credits which uh, for which the music runs out way too early, and then you're just left with a slow-scrolling set of credits. With May some... I read from my
2: notes about the ending scene, if that's okay? Please. Written, the finale of the game sees Boy with Blob staring up at the moon. They laugh and play together before realising that Blob must depart back to Blobolonia. He rockets off, leaving the boy alone to deal with his profound PTSD all alone at six years old. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, Blobbert.
0: Perfect. That was the script they should have gone with. I mean, there are questions to be asked about uh, and answered about why this kid lives on his own in the woods and there are no adults. I like, Rick, never I
3: like Rich's version. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jobo Bonobo finishes up with, I was always somewhat curious about this game, seeing as it had an interesting concept and it being a reimagining of an old NES title made me extra curious as more modern technology and design sensibilities could possibly refine a unique idea into a truly special experience. For me, A Boy and His Blob achieves this admirably. Overall, A Boy and His Blob is an utter delight and one of the most fun experiences I've had with a puzzle game in a long time. If you're into puzzle platformers, this cute little adventure is highly recommended. We'll conclude momentarily, but we have three... Three-word reviews. You may <laughs> notice a theme.
1: Uh, Andrew Elmore says, "Hug that blob."
2: Joe Babanobo says, "Oh,
0: blob hug." Ha, King Rucker,
3: more hugs, please.
0: It's got a. It's a little cycle. We wanna, no one we says anything
1: about scolding. <laughs> I'll have you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair play. Well, I'll never scold <laughs> the, blob, the 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 blob, a blob again. Nor will I ever. This, hug is this guy
3: Ratso Albion. Uh <laughs> yeah. scold, scold, scold.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in conclusion, I'll go first. I think I am the least positive on this game overall. Uh I certainly, you know, didn't have a terrible time with it, but I never got really hooked into it. There was a point maybe, yeah, probably World Three of Four, if you want to call it that, uh, where I think I had the I I got into a flow of, with, with all the controls and started sort of reading the puzzles and the screen a bit better, got into the minds of the developer. And I was in a nice, pretty space, fluffy alien planet place, which kind of made me feel nice. And um, and yeah, those levels were, were cool. I could certainly see the, the satisfaction and the merit in going for all the chests. As for doing all the challenge levels, I don't think there's... I don't think even... Me back in my teens with more free time and and willpower and fewer games would have gone through all the 40 challenge levels. I think my my patience would have run out long before that. Uh, But there are some really nice ideas in here. Um, It's essentially, uh, uh, although it could probably do with another lick of paint in terms of reading better on contemporary screens, I realise that would be a lot of work. To add all the extra pixels in, um, so it's probably not going to happen, uh, but it's yeah it's a, it's a it's a nice it's a nice place to be in this game until it gets really dark and gnarly later on and uh, yeah, some of the puzzle design I think is is really, really clever um unfortunately, some of the idiosyncrasies and and little moments of physical sort of jank um mean that there are some frustrations, and while I think the bosses were quite inventive and well animated. The actual process of completing them, I it made me swear more than any game I've played for a long time. I'll put it that way. But yeah, overall, this game is uh, available very cheaply, and I would certainly say for fans of more. Oh God, I'm doing it again for people who like this kind of game. <laughs> this is the kind of game you'll like. <laughs> it's a it's definitely um, a mechanics-led puzzle platformer with with you know cutesy presentation. And for those who enjoy that sort of sitting back and looking at a set of mechanics and a set of objects with which they can interact in a very specific way that there is probably one solution or maybe one and a half solutions with a bit of quirk. This is a fine example of, of that genre for me. I, it's just not quite my cup of tea in that respect. And I think over the last 10 years, kind of things have moved on uh, further in, in certain sort of quality of life ways and so on. But yeah, it's all right. Tony.
3: Do you know what? That's one of the most analytical reviews or summaries I've heard you say in a while, and I I tend to agree because I I think this is you can kind of break it down. And I was coming into this game, I think, knowing the legendary hug button, seeing the cover, and kind of knowing the kind of the 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 charm towards this game or the love towards this game I've heard over the years. I was generally kind of like, oh, I'm in for. I don't know, like a Kirby's Epic Yarn, maybe something like that, just a bit more kind Soft of... Soft and fluffy. I don't know, just a bit, yeah, a bit more meat on the bone r- rather than just oh, right. um <laughs> a really fun platformer or a really fun puzzle game. And ultimately, Mm. you know, I'm not going to fault the game for being a good puzzle game. I actually think it's one of the better puzzle games I've played in in quite some time. I think the difficulty level was just about right. You know, there's some frustration in there. And occasionally, Leon, it's good to swear at things. It makes you feel (laughs) alive. And when you solve it, you get that punch in the air. But I had that recently with Rayman. And I think that's probably that was enough for one person's soul because there was way more swearing than (laughs) in that game. You know, Sands of something like that game. I just I I wasn't in in raptured by the look and the charm of the game. I felt like it was just a fun puzzle game and as Leon said there's a lot of good fun puzzle games with a lot more meat on the bone. And so it sounds negative, but I did enjoy my 17 plus hours of this game and it is a game I do intend to go back and you know mop up the achievements I missed, get the final chests that I haven't got. I'd probably use a guide at this point because it you know it's a, yeah more economical and time-wise. But that's, I mean, that's a good thing. That means I didn't hate the game at all. It just means that, you know, it's a good 7 out of 10 if that's the way you can sum it up. But, you know, so I'm glad I played it. Glad I can finally tick it off the list and not see the cover on the shelf and go, (laughs) one day. But ultimately it won't be you know a, a real kind of memorable experience that you know i'll, I'll take with me in my kind of gaming lex-
0: lexicon mm. you're not going to throw it in a fire and melt it so you don't have to look at it anymore though are you it's not it's not that part no it's not tenchu on the ps1 i going back to that <laughs> <laughs> okay oh, you yeah don't forget you always volunteer for these I know. things <laughs> i never force anyone <laughs> that game into did it. not age well <laughs> <laughs> uh tenchu 2 volume 10 maybe <laughs> no probably not anyway Leah, it's got a hug button.
1: It does have a hug button, as I have mentioned multiple times. (laughs) It's kind of funny that I uh, am coming back to this game um, so long after I've played it with uh, things like Kirby's Epic Yarn in the meantime. Um, I I think this is one of those titles that um, really does kind of fill a specific gaming type for me that's odd to say because it also is not it's not kirby's epic yarn it's not happy and squishy all the time but it's really cute and it has a hug button and i got a lot of joy and and satisfaction out of playing uh especially some of the shorter levels in the beginning and as i've said i i enjoyed the later levels for different reasons but um there there's a lot of feel good in this game um and also there's a level of challenge that i don't think uh i don't think a lot of games with this type of aesthetic usually have of course there are exceptions but um i i guess what i would say is um as as we've noted previously um this is a readily available title it's on a lot of different platforms and it's usually not expensive if you like um to Figure out uh, puzzles without a whole lot riding on it. Um, there are quick restarts. there are you know not uh, not infrequent checkpoints. In fact, I would say they are actually quite frequent so there's not a ton of uh, punishment if you get some of these puzzles wrong, even if some of them uh, can be uh, a little obtuse at times um and and you know the, there is <laughs> if you like punishment you can go to the the uh, challenge levels and uh and maybe uh have a little bit of a uh a higher difficulty level but you're gonna find something i think if you like puzzle games you're gonna find a level that you like in here uh so i do recommend it and um hug, hug your blob that's that's what i'll say
0: but never Never I
3: can, I can see a future of me swearing at uh, Rich on the uh, Slack channel about doing these change levels.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel this is happening. It's his fault. <laughs> Rich, it's your fault. You, you picked the game. Uh, but yes, can you wrap it up for us?
2: I'll certainly try and, and, and I, I just think it's important to say, like, I am really pleased to have brought this forward for consideration. I don't think it's a game that normally would kind of get the canerance treatment, but, um, it's something that's kind of very personal. And, um, yeah, it it means a lot to me. So, um, yeah, I guess like in preparation for the show, when I was doing a lot of, um, due diligence and some reading around it, I was surprised to see how divisive the game was because Mm. my understanding that was, it was probably going to be more universally positive, and I think the the reviews and and the general consensus behind it seems to be that a lot of people are either disengaged by the central conceit of, of having to kind of maneuver through a platform with uh like mm-hmm. a, almost like a, a sort of like cooperative quest with a, a an AI partner, which usually tends to kind of draw the ire of a lot of people. But if like me, you're engaged in it then it kind of sticks and you're there throughout because for me personally, I believe it to have one of the most smoothest difficulty curves of any game I've ever played and it just ramps up in a very nice and, and achievable way. Um, the animation is incredible and the artwork is, is purposeful. Everyone and everything feels like it's well thought through and logical. The graphics are, are pleasing and they're in tone with the, the 1980s game as well and I actually find that the sort of sense of mild peril to be quite endearing you know, it isn't without flaws, you know, animations will lock you in place and that's quite frustrating. There's some dubious hitboxes like we talked about and it seems to be a bit of a, a weak port, I would say. Um, I think mm. the, the the kind of fuzziness of it doesn't necessarily lend itself well to to modern TVs and mm. there's certain buttons that go disused. And I think there's maybe a more elegant way of, of utilizing some of the, the newer tech. Um but really, the, the reason that it means a lot to me is because it's something that I enjoy with my family. I've got three kids, a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, and an 8-year-old, and, an and at separate points in the life, they've all enjoyed playing this game with me. Without going into a, a personal anecdote too far, two of my children have autism, and one of them is uh, quite profoundly autistic, and seeing him interact with Blob is is kind of like a nice, neat way for him to really understand basic human interaction and how to cooperate with people. I'd love to see another game in the series. I think the the series has got legs. It'll be nice to see if they can take it anywhere. And just to finally wrap up on the, the 1989 game, I also recommend that. It is a lot of fun. Mm. It's very much of the time. Um, it's about 25 minutes long, if you know what you're doing. So it's nice and bite-sized. And uh, lastly, it's a, a very strange kind of look into one boy's descent into madness due to a, quote, vitamin addiction. <laughs>
0: yeah. wouldn't it be cool if they brought that to the nintendo online service i don't know if there's any chance of that happening but uh yeah it's it's, uh there are some you know they do have some licensed titles on there it's not all first party stuff so it's not it's not out of the question but anyway uh yeah thanks for that rich bringing uh it's always good when people bring a title that's important to them personally. Would you put the, just before we close, the that big disparity in the reception to the, the original Wii version in 2009 and the ports in 2016, would you put that 20% disparity, actually uh, uh, 25% of the game's original kind of score on average across critics, would you put that down to it being a sloppy port or uh, just had the world moved on? Or do you, I know this is pure speculation, but have you got have you got a
2: reading on that it's a it's a fascinating question and and like i'll I'll give my opinion and and preface it by saying i'm I'm no authority on it i I think it really comes down to the idea that it reeks a little bit of of mobile gaming in the early 2010s like i I said a little bit earlier it's in in bite-sized chunks and so there's not necessarily a nice sort of elegantly woven thread from from one level to the next Mm -hmm. i think maybe People are probably turned off at the idea of of playing what is ostensibly a mobile game or feels like a mobile game as a Mm. real port. But look, it's two pounds. Like, go and just go and do it. It's a lovely game.
0: Thank you, one and all. It remains for me, Leon, to thank Leah, Rich, Tony, Editor Ryan, all of our correspondents and, of course, you for listening. And next time, in issue 440, talking about uh, frustrating boss fights... I'll hand over to Darren for our Jet Force Gemini podcast.